They, I mean, it's a it's a pretty big record. I know, but you know how it is. I have the vinyl. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you listen. To, we listen to it every. Like, it's the, it's your like Halloween. Kind of. It's like fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's the talk of like, well, is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie? Yeah. Or is it a Christmas movie? I think it's a Halloween movie for sure. And see, I think it's a Christmas movie. No, it's too good to be a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> just like home alone while technically a christmas movie i don't think is because it's it's more about breaking and entering <laughs> right, right and vigilante right, right. justice okay right. <laughs> oh, i'm pumped for this listen to this goes musical i always really liked the oogie boogie man i don't like that character creepy yeah 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 I, I don't like that style of music. The, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't like that style of music. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see what this is. Yeah, here we go. We in there. Already, you can tell it's a musical if you hear a Celeste. <laughs> Seriously, that's like the sign. It's just like immediately on there. Right. Oh, these chords are really cool. Harmony is different in both ears. Yeah, yeah. Great brass. Love it. What's oh, this, this is fucking this? sick, dude. Yeah, dude I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? What's this? What's this? There's something very wrong. It's like it already has so much good melodic information. This, like, first 45 seconds. Everybody seems so happy. Have I possibly gone down me? What is this? What's this? There's children throwing Not to go, like, super classical music nerd, but this is, like, super... It sounds like Tchaikovsky's uh, Romeo and Juliet, like, overture. It has a lot in common with that, like, romantic era of composition, but on cocaine. This is me and Tati's favorite part. Inspired! The gathering around here is story roasting chestnuts on a fire! What's this? What's this? In here, they've got a little tree. How queer! And who would ever think? And why? They're covering it with tiny little things. Oh, they yeah. got electric lights on strings. There's, There's a smile on everyone. So now correct me if I'm wrong. Children sleeping or whatever. Could it be? I got my wish. Yeah. <laughs> what it? What is oh it about this harmony that makes it sound so like I'm discovering something? It's in the actual composition no of the mode. No, definitely. Yeah, I don't know what mode it is. Music does that. Yeah, I wonder what it is. Want to get into it? What's this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to Listen to This, a podcast in which we talk about songs. Today we're talking about a song from a musical from the best Halloween or Christmas movie of all time, right. I would say. Um, songs What's This by Danny Elfman. It's a brilliant track from the musical slash claymation film Nightmare Before Christmas, which was released on October 12th, 1993. Wow. So I think this is one of the first movies that I have a memory of seeing in theaters. Really? Yeah, yeah. Which is really fun to think about. Was it like a re-release? Like, no, 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 no. But you saw it in 93? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. You know, I'm always born in the 80s. Fucking hell, man. <laughs> um, it was really fun, and I loved the music back then, and it's like... I sort of like remember the song from even then. It's just like like kind of what I was saying when we were listening to it. It has this sort of music. It sounds like what it is, which yeah. is something that's really surprisingly harder than you might think to right. like pull off when you're composing something. Definitely. Um, the soundtrack was a big hit. The movie, of course, is incredible. It's like one of the most like groundbreaking like yeah. 
things, not not just in terms of like animation, yeah. but I feel like it was it was a time when like Tim Burton, this like weird macabre, mac- I don't know how to pronounce macabre. these words, macabre. But it's, it's spelled macabre. It's yeah, this macabre. <laughs> <laughs> this this is when this fucking dark stuff became like mainstream for kids. It felt yeah, like because during this time, yeah, I don't know if it was maybe a year or two before, but Burton was working on the dark Batman movies. You know, and like yeah. that was kind of the first time like a superhero movie that was like kind of sinister yeah. and dark like that. Tim Burton's a really fun like how did this guy become such a mainstream director story? Yeah. Like I wonder that all the time. Yeah, I remember reading about it somewhere and it was I it was I wish I remembered the story, but there is of course an yeah. interesting story behind how he got all into this, you know. It's cool because he's basically I think the first movie he ever directed was Pee-wee's Playhouse or yes, uh, Pee-wee's Big you're Adventure. Right, you're right. Yeah. Which is a fucking amazing movie. You're right. Honestly, it might be his best. I <laughs> I don't know. Either that, this Beetlejuice is really good too. Oh yeah. Um damn, they're all good. I like Big Fish. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands is Oh in yeah, there. yeah. All great music. Yeah. All composed by Danny Elfman. The man of the hour. Right, exactly. I'm glad <laughs> we brought it back to him. Because what is a director if it's not for his Film for his music composer. Yeah, like, I mean, you see a lot of them team up. And yeah, stay together for a while. So like, a, so like, I always think of Timber and and Danny Elfman as kind of like the best, like one two punch uh, for like a long term film director and composer. Like the other examples that always come to mind are like Spielberg and John Williams, but they almost feel like two big stars on their yeah, own. Yeah, I know. Same thing with like Hans Zimmer and Nolan. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're but they have such big careers outside of each other exactly. as well you know and for and for the film buffs of this podcast like i got a deep one for you the bernard herman alfred hitchcock oh wow duo. although herman's like best thing he definitely did those tight strings in psycho yeah. <laughs> but he did the taxi driver thing with de niro you no ever see shit. that movie yeah i mean it's yeah. been god forever oh, it's so weird <laughs> yeah i mean it's a that's a crazy movie uh, back dude. when new york was new york yeah, nasty. <laughs> um, so the first thing I want to talk about is Danny Elfman and Tim Burton. Like, we're in. They've been working together since Pee-wee's yeah. uh, Big Adventure. And it was Tim Burton's first movie. And it was also Danny Elfman's first time composing no shit. music for film or anything. Wow. Besides, he was in a rock band in the 80s. Yeah. Oingo Boingo. I think <laughs> I think their official name was the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Oh, my God. And, like, he was kind of like, he grew up in L.A., he loved going to the movies when he was a kid. Um, then he sort of did that thing that Americans somehow figure out a way to do where they like go to Africa for like a year to study, you know, pitch percussion. Yeah, I or, like missed that train. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really fun though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, he, so he kind of did that for a while. And then Oingo Boingo in the 80s were like a, a mildly popular, like weird mm. rock and roll kind of ska band. Mm. You know, not Scott like Real Big Fish. Right, now like, like the horns and trumpets. Yeah, and I mean, def- some of that, but it was more like the British style. Gotcha. Um, so he was just kind of like kicking around in LA. And then this uh, movie studio is like, we want you to meet this guy. He's like, kind of wants to make a score for you. Hmm. Or he kind of wants to make a, you to do a score for him. And it was Tim Burton. And it's like, damn, they've been working together ever since. That's crazy. Do you think like, like they've... Obviously, they've really helped each other, and they like recognize like the symbiotic relationship being really yeah. powerful. Do you think the fact that we know about the symbiotic relationship informs the way we listen to their mu- to the to the music or watch the movies? For me, it does. Yeah, me too, a little bit because I can't escape I'm, I'm, it. Yeah, I'm too. I know too much about it. You know, 
and that's and that's why I can't get my head outside <laughs> of like that relationship. But yeah. it's almost like if if you one was subtracted out of the equation is because like I think there's like a, a lack of understanding and like just like common populace how important the music is yeah. to a film. And I think if you had taken the elements one away from the other, it yeah. would just fall flat. It would not be what it is. Yeah, I wish there was a way that like we there was some sort of training software for yeah. people which where you could remove the the score from a film but not like the audio. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not the dialogue, not yeah. the sounds of the movie cuz yeah. like I can load up a movie in Logic and take out all, all the audio. The sound. Yeah. Um but it it just would be cool to like if you were to put like I don't know, like if you were to rescore Nightmare Before Christmas with songs from West Side Story. Right. Obviously a musical, it's more complicated, but like if you were to watch like The Exorcist and instead of the other song we're doing this week, that uh, Tubular Bells, yeah. you put in like Crank That by Soldier Boy. <laughs> Just to like see like how this stuff really matters. And like the monsters crawling down the stairs backwards. <laughs> yeah. Where her head's like spin around. Damn. So when we're talking about doing um, the music for a musical and for Night- Nightmare Before Christmas is definitely a musical. Um, do you think like, how do you, how do you take a tune and then rearrange it in a musical theater style? Or like, let's even just get on the subject of like, what is a tune to begin to begin with? Right. Do you want? Do you want to take this one? You might. You might know more. I can try. I can try. I, I do a lot of reading, but yeah. I do. I do not like. I've played. And you played in musicals. Yeah, I played so. as a bass player in musicals, but never like uh, the real music director. Usually, <laughs> I just like sit there and I'm like, thank God. I'm, I'm always like bass in a large ensemble. Like, I, I, one time, I played like the one of the worst gigs of my life on a musical, and literally no one knew. I was like, it's the secret. I'm taking my grave. Right. Um, yeah. So I guess like I would say like a tune is like. A short, memorable melody that completes uh, that is like a complete melody, and it completes like an emotional thought. There, I'm so, into that. So, yeah. so like it can't be like because otherwise you could just be like, well, a tune is just like da da da. It's like sure, but is that like expressing what the composer really wants it to say? Right. It's like maybe not sometimes. So like for this, the tune is obviously da 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 Yep. That's it. That's the tune. But he gets like multiple minutes out of that. Absolutely. And, and like, how how does that happen? What's a, what's a tune? We sort of established that. What's like, how do you like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like not necessarily theme and variations, but something similar. I think. How do you develop? We, development. Yeah, That's development. The word. Fuck yeah. But I think one thing <laughs> that you've brought up in like talking about other songs is underscore. Mm-hmm. And I think this song is a perfect example yeah. of what underscore is. It's like there's the main tune, the main theme, but when you listen to all the things that are going on in the background, oh, it's so much more exciting. It's so much more exciting. There's all this underdevelopment yeah. side stories going on between like all the little parts that help it move its development yeah. along to all the different parts. It's like I wonder why we we got away from doing this sort of stuff in our popular music. I think people just got dumber. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Fellas. <laughs> this shit is hard. Yeah, yeah. I would never, ever be able to yeah. do something like this. It's like, it is hard, but I also think it's only like 30% more effort. 
which Probably. which like is a lot. That's asking. That's, that's asking but, like, a lot. It's not that much. Like especially if you're like, well, do I spend the amount of time thirty percent more effort like watching the reruns of the Goldbergs on right. Hulu? Like I could just be like <laughs> orchestrating this. Um, the anyway, but like this one's a really cool like one because the t- the tune is pretty simple yeah. for a musical, which I think really helps. But the the way that he kind of develops it through those different um, the celeste the like harmonium what's the, the like all the tune percussion like timpanies timpanies yeah. yeah and and like kind of the the one I'm thinking of Glockenspiel maybe yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's just really cool and I also wonder like why we don't hear more tune percussion just in music in general I mean I guess would you consider an 808 a tuned drum? oh oh you just fucked me up with that yeah I, it's kind I would. of a tuned drum I would. so it is like yeah yeah you're totally right that's just smarter than than where my, my brain was at <laughs> But yeah, okay, so what I mean by tune percussion is, like, pretty obvious. Like, of course, a drum set, like, the way that we're all thinking of it, when you hit it, like, it does have a pitch. Yeah. But it's too low. Yeah. Nobody can really hear it or distinguish it, You I couldn't, like, say. sing a snare yeah, drum. exactly. Yeah. But when I say tune percussion, probably the most common example that everybody knows is the xylophone. Right. So it's, like, things in the xylophone family. And right. there's a lot of that shit. Oh, dude, there's, like, yeah, so things many. that I don't even know about. Yeah, yeah. And, like, this is where I think Danny Elfman really shines as a composer because I watched his master class nice. uh, and something that he was talking about was he studied pitch percussion yeah. with in Africa for like a year or two. And then he immediately came back to America and just started collecting all types of tuned and pitch percussion right. throughout the world. So like his studio is basically that yeah. even though he's a great guitar player. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic guitar player. But like, he's like, Oh, I write most of my musical stuff on pitch percussion. And like, what's cool about that is you're more likely to get that driving rhythm that's important for musical theater. Because it's less about the chords, right? Although the chords are obviously in there. And And even just in in movies in general. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it is like percussive rhythmic Exactly. Which is fun. Like the two picks, we picked the song for Halloween and the other song we picked for Halloween um, is also like just about- It is pitched Pitched percussion. percussion, Yeah. Which like maybe there's something something there for the composers out there. Um, I think it's really cool. It, it makes it the this it sound more intense, but right. still really musical. And like, right. you know, the Tim Burton word is like, oh, dark and quirky. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's exactly what a fucking Glockenspiel or like vibraphone sounds like right. a little bit. Damn, this is so cool. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Yeah, I was actually much older. Oh, really? Yeah, I like, saw it ten years ago. Oh, damn. Yeah, ten years ago. Holy shit! I know. I just never. Yeah, I was never a big movie guy. But you were, you were like aware that it existed. Aware that it existed. Yeah. I knew the story. I had probably seen scenes. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I knew the premise, but I didn't really get like a full like sit down, turn the lights off. I'm gonna watch this yeah. movie until I was probably I was here in Atlanta, so I was probably 22. Holy shit! Yeah, man, so old. But so- I think I got. A, such an appreciation of it because yeah. I had gone through all my music education. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, well, this is a masterpiece. I also didn't realize it's kind of scary. Yeah, it gets For really, it to be like kind of a children's movie. Yeah. I'm like, this is a little creepy. Well, listen, being a kid is fucking scary because most of your life is coming. That's right. fucking horrifying. <laughs> so it's only when you get older that you're like, yeah, hey, I guess it's just going to be pretty chill until I'm dead. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's like right. that last part might be kind of intense, but until then, eh. Eh, yeah, exactly. Just, eh. <laughs> One thing I wanted to get in before I wrap it up um, is certain harmonies that we associate with the holidays. Yeah, okay. Like this sounds like Christmas harmony. Yeah, yeah. What other holidays have like 
like you hear a chord progression or you hear a theme and it's like, mm. this is so Christmas. It's This is so yeah. Thanksgiving. I guess like I think of that one Lee Greenfield song with July 4th. I'm proud to stand up. Oh my God. But it's oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> mind is blown. But it's not really like a, 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 like a chordal movement. But I know what you mean. Yeah. Like it, I can almost hear, like, I feel like I could pick up a guitar and, and write a Christmas sounding musical theme in, in seconds. Like, right. Which like, where did that come from? Like, what, yeah. like, what set that precedent? I'm so, and I'm not asking you to no, answer. No, I'm trying to answer. Like, it. these are like rhetorical yeah. things. Like, where in history did like this become yeah. the precedent for harmony amongst like Christmas holiday or whatever? Yeah, I mean, it does sound like that too. I wonder what's going on. I really want to like purse through it because I because like I only play Christmas music like once a year <laughs> usually, so it's hard. But but I pl- I had played in this the musical the Christmas Carol like yeah. a, a bajillion times. Like I should be more familiar with the music. I think like it, it. Some of the chord movements are like not as sophisticated, right? And I think that really helps. I think like the the fact that Christmas music is pretty tied in with like I would say major and minor sevenths. Yeah, no dominant sevenths though. No, really, which is kind of a weird thing. Um, but yeah, these are just. I don't really have like a well formed answer. Yeah, me neither. I gotta, I gotta this, is all, this, this is just me, like rhetorical. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I wonder. Yeah, this is something because we, there probably isn't an answer. It's, it's probably a hundred years of history. Yeah, you know. Well, the answer is probably like somebody wrote a Christmas song that was huge and it had these elements, and every and song every, right. like comes from that one. Right, but maybe not. Maybe it, maybe it's something deeper. We have to get into it on Patreon. Why does music sound like things when it's just music? I've re- like, there's a whole book I have called like Absolute Music, which is just about how like, you know, if you can listen to like a Beethoven symphony and mm-hmm. be like, oh, it sounds like fate knocking at the door, but <laughs> like, but like in reality, yeah, yeah. it's not that. Right. It's just this shit. Right. That's that, floating that's out in my the world. <laughs> that's my question. Is the emotional yeah, yeah. connection? To, I'll, I'll hook you. Yeah, up, I'll hook sick. you with this book. It's pretty tight. Sick, um, dude. Sick. He's got it on the bookshelf. (laughs) I do have Nightmare Before Christmas shit in the sound diffuser. Like a lot of it. I have the mare who's like uh, head flips back and forth. Yeah, love that. Go, (laughs) whoo. Oh, man. Um, I guess the last thing I just got to say is like, and we can maybe even edit this back into the long term collaboration part. But the guy who did the orchestration for this is a guy by the name of Steve Bartek, yes. who was a guitar player for Danny Elfman's band in the 80s, wow. Oingo Boingo. So they're That's just crazy. boys from then. Yeah, because there is like, cool. there's another element of like, there's the composer, and then sometimes the composer orchestrates, but yeah. usually there's like another orchestrator. Yeah, because what the orchestrator does is they'll take like a pretty basic score mm-hmm. and then just kind of spread it out to like as many instruments as like the composer wants right. or as long as they see fit. It seems like a really hard job. It's like they know all the ranges. Yeah. And... It seems horrible. Oh uh, yeah. Like it's, orchestrating it's like, for it's like somebody. Being a par- it's like being a paralegal. Yeah, yeah. Like you're doing all the reading, <laughs> yeah. you're doing all the writing, all the emails. The lawyer just wants to pick a, Exactly. You know. <laughs> That's a really good, dude, you gotta fit, fit that in. Yeah. That was oh, really good. What's going in? Hell yeah. Okay. What's this? Danny Elfin. Go check out Nightmare Before Christmas. It's better than Corpse Bride, even though that one's also pretty good. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.